Hey, welcome to the Ricky Preacher Podcast. We are your hosts, Brandon Kelly and Joe Hoagland, and our goal is to help you preach and lead better. Well, welcome to episode 11 of the Rookie Preacher Podcast. Today, our topic is how to preach the gospel every time and why you need to do that. So we're both reading through Timothy Keller's new book on preaching, and in chapter two, he really lays out his call for preachers to get back to doing this. I think I've done this just out of kind of a, a underlying understanding that that's what we should do, uh, no matter what passage we're preaching from. But Keller really gives some words and some meat to the bones of why we need to do this and how to really do it. And we just thought we would further the conversation in our own words and in our own thoughts um, to encourage you uh, to preach the gospel every single time, no matter if you're going from the Old Testament or if you're preaching the New Testament, um, every time we need to do it. So, Joe, um, when we talk about preaching the gospel every time, what do we mean by that? Right. So, you know, as you look at the the Bible, the, all the scripture, the context scripture. I mean, you can take a passage and, and it can be, you know, it can say something nice and, and something uh, that's moral. But if you isolate that and don't, you know, don't tell the whole story, don't finish with the power of Jesus on the cross that, that gives us grace that covers our sins. You know, you're, you're not really biblical preaching. You're, you're, you're just moralizing. You're just, um, you know, giving good advice and uh, you know, which, which any worldview can provide good advice and how to live better. But, but Christianity sure. can, can provide you good advice, how to live better along with, you know, the power of Jesus and, and the, what, what the gospel represents to us and the grace that gives us. Um, and, you know, so as we look at that, you know, every scripture we take, no matter where it's at in the Bible, we got to then connect that, you know, to Jesus and to the gospel and to the grace that Christ provides us on the cross and uh, something that really stuck out to me when I was thinking about that and when I was reading this book, uh, Tim Keller mentions that you can actually preach uh, a passage on Jesus without actually presenting the gospel. You know, you can preach a great thing Jesus did or a great lesson he had on, on morality without actually connecting that sure. to what Jesus did on the cross. And, uh, you know, that was just a good, you know, that's a good realization to come to in a, in a good that this takes work you know it's not just gonna necessarily naturally happen as we're reading a text and, and coming up with how to present it you know we we need to intentionally connect that to the saving power of jesus and and what the gospel really is in our lives yeah and when we go to um you know some kind of like ethical kind of passage where maybe paul's talking about don't do this do this we need to really, and I've talked about this in other areas, but we need to broaden our context and what we're reading, especially if we're going to be doing expository preaching, because sometimes we can take, take the break where we kind of like, all right, this is the passage I'm going to start with. This is the verse I'm going to start with. This is the verse I'm going to end with. And then the next time we come to a, a morality kind of ethics uh, passage, we forget that Paul leads it with because you have been changed this is the way you live and too many times we as preachers we don't point to say if we're if we're 
preaching on something from the Old Testament and it brings out some kind of principle, some kind of ethical thing that we need to live by, if we don't point that to, by the way, the only reason why you would be able to do this and do it on a consistent basis is because of the blood of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit transforming you, changing you, guiding you every step of the way. Because if, if we just preach the ethics of Christianity without the life change of Christianity, then what we leave people with is just this, hey, try harder, and that's what Christianity is really about. And I think for, uh, for a lot of people, that's probably what they walk away with, because not because we're doing it on purpose, but because we don't make the connection for them, because we probably just assume that they know what we know. Right. And that's just a big, a big mistake. Yeah. I mean, you can, there's, you know, all kinds of practical, you know, worldly earthly principles that say loving your spouse is going to make your life better, you know, and, and we can flesh that out. Um, and, and, you know, say this is going to improve your relationship. This is going to make your, your, you have less stress. This is going to whatever, whatever, whatever. But, you know, if we're not connecting that, that we should love our spouse because, you know, Jesus loved us and this is what Jesus did for us on the cross. Then again, like you just said, that's, that's just saying, kind of, okay, yeah, do this good thing. And that's what Christianity is all about. Or, or, you know, love this person because that's what you should do without really making the connection. And I, and like you said, I really think that we need to do that work for people as biblical preachers. Not that, not that our audience doesn't have a responsibility to do some work themselves, but really because, you know, that's what, I mean, if you, if you, if you boil down to it, a lot of us, part of our job description is, is doing that. You know, we get paid to do that um, as, as ministers of the gospel. And so not that that resolves other people's responsibility, but that does give us more responsibility to, to do that work and to, to show people the connection between, hey, yeah, do this good thing, but this is why, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Yeah, and to me, it's it's not even because uh, for sure people should be reading their Bible and they should be studying these things for themselves. But also, I, I don't think we should come into a conversation of ethics and morals without bringing in the not only the the life saving nature of the gospel, but also the um, the life changing nature of the gospel. If we can make that distinction of where you know, sanctification is a process only because the Holy Spirit is uh, doing that change in us. You know, we, in Galatians, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And I, I like to remind people that, hey, it's it's not the fruit of a Christian or the fruit of a person, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. And so to the, to the extent that the Spirit is moving and changing you and you're allowing that to happen is the extent in which you will have the fruit of the Spirit manifest in your life. And so Every time we have the opportunity to preach anything from Scripture, we have to put it in the context of where we are in the reality of the story of God, because every passage it has a contextual, um, it has context within the Bible as a whole, not just in the historical uh, context of of when it was written. Because I think sometimes we don't we don't take that extra step, extra step in our hermeneutic where we're taking, okay, what does it mean? What does it mean originally? Now, what does it mean for us? We need to also say, 
what does it mean originally? What does it also mean in the context of the Bible as a whole? And then what does it mean for us as people who are on the other side of the resurrection, who have the gospel as available? So we, we need to make sure that we emphasize that every time that we have the opportunity to preach the word of God. Because without yeah. it, man, what are we leaving people with? Self-help sermons? Right. I mean, what, what a good is that? It doesn't do any eternal good. And that's what we're called to is to make an eternal good. I'm on my soapbox now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a good point because, you know, even as you're preaching, um, you know, you got to have that eternal mindset. You know, if you're just, if, if, you're, if your mindset ends when you die or, or when you die here on earth, um, then you're, that's what you're going to preach. You're going to preach how to live a better life here on earth. And, but if you look at Paul specifically, I mean, he always preached that Jesus was coming right now. You know, it wasn't Jesus coming in the future. You know, he had that, he had that right in the forefront of his preaching. And so I think that's important too. Um, and, uh, well, like you were saying too, I, I don't know what jogged my mind on this, but, um, like we, you're talking about, you know, doing the, the extra work there to, to make it the connection. And because, you know, as someone might say, this is blasphemous, but as uh, Solomon was writing that proverb that you're preaching out of, he wasn't thinking about Jesus necessarily, but but the Bible connects that proverb to Jesus because it's the whole story of Scripture. And, and we have to do that work because Solomon wasn't necessarily doing that work himself when he was writing that. Um, so that's that's the issue when you just isolate, you know, a couple of verses of Psalms or Proverbs. Um you know, Psalms a lot of times point right to Jesus, but, you know, the Proverbs himself or something out of, you know, anything really, that's not necessarily a prophecy of Jesus. You know, we got to do that work to say, how does this fit into, you know, the whole context of the Bible? Because without that, you know, it's it's just a text from 3,000 years ago that someone might say, hey, that doesn't even really apply to me. So we, we got to make it sure that, hey, this is how it does apply to you. And and beyond that, just not just, you know, this is can make you a better person like we have been saying, but this is how it connects to what Jesus did for us. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we mean by preaching the gospel every time. And really, we've alluded to this, but why do we need to do this, Joe? Why, why do we need to make it a point? We've alluded to this, but let's unpack it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's what, to me, that's what biblical preaching is. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you know, on, on, uh, or, uh, you know, this is geared towards those of us who are communicating, who are leading, um, you know, here on, here in the earthly kingdom of God. And, and I think that if you're doing that, this is what it boils down to. Uh, and this is what it really comes to when, when we say, I'm communicating these principles is preaching the gospel. And, and so if you're, you know, if, if you think about that, you might think, okay, well, I got to stay in the gospels, but you know, this, this is what we want to unpack, you know, as when we look at why we're doing this, because we want to preach the whole story of scripture. You know, you want to preach out of Genesis, you want to preach out of Colossians, uh, but you need to connect that to what Jesus did. And so that's what I think, why, when we talk about why do we need to do this, I think that's a main major reason why. Yeah. I mean, if we look at the whole story of the Bible, we see 
a God who's all powerful, who's all eternal. He's creating people and animals and the universe because he desires to. And then he, he loves them. He spends time with them, Adam and Eve in the garden, and then they sin. And then that creates a separation of sorts. And then it's God just ruling his people and just trying to guide them and being the vehicle to bring in the Messiah. And then we see this kind of culmination of God's love for his creation in the cross. And then we have a way of responding. And to me, we are in that mode, that, that, I, that time of response. Because God has done the work. Jesus has come. He's won. He's defeated death and sin. And now we are in the time of responding. So why do we need to do this? It's because that's our whole goal is to proclaim the good news. Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded to you and sure that I'm with you all to the end of the age. Because he said all of that, and so that's our goal, is to make disciples. That's, that's the verb in that. Uh, everything else is part of disciples, but, but to make disciples. What is a disciple? It's someone who's about the good news of Jesus, who's saved and, and being about God's mission. And so if we're just really getting good at telling people, hey, um, this is a way to, here's, here's 10 ways to have a, a better day that's not really getting at making disciples Mm -hmm. at all. So not that we, and and again, this is what we're, our point is Joe, right? We we don't have to be in the old test or the new Testament every time we preach to preach the gospel. We should understand the story of God in a, in a much more um, detailed way that we can say, this is how this plays out in today's reality as people who have the gospel available. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely. And, and, uh, as we are, as we are talking about why still, um, you know, it's again, you know, just do, do good things. Even, you know, as you're talking about making disciples, you know, that's the core, that's the core of what the God, of what the gospel motivates us to do because we love other people, but you could even have a sermon about Jesus talking about us making disciples and still leave the gospel out of it. You know, that's, that's what, <laughs> yeah. but that's what we're saying here. It's, it's a, it's something you got to do intentionally. You know, you know, you could say, Hey, bring people to church, disciple them and leave out the entire, you know, sa- Jesus saving us by his by the grace and the, the, and the power that's there. So, and that's why this is so important. And that's why, you know, as we look at the why of this, you know, I just want to, you know, we just want to beat into, you, you know, this is so important you know don't um you know a lot of i think a lot of preaching and i don't think it's just a modern problem i think a lot of preaching ever has uh maybe de-emphasized and not on purpose necessarily but just because uh again we have to have that eternal impact in mind you know when we're when we're doing this when we're biblical preaching yeah you could because you can be faithful to that particular text that you're preaching on without then coming back around and applying the gospel and how that relates to that text. Like that's, it's so easy to do. Like Mm -hmm. we can just say, we're going to focus on uh, the book of Genesis and we can talk about 
you know, the, the creation and the fall and all that stuff. And we can so easily preach that whole thing without even bringing the gospel into account, obviously, because, you know, if we're going to be faithful to text and expository preaching, we're going to be expository, you know, preachers, and that's, we're going to just be telling the story of God. And, and we're just really going to stay in that text and go verse by verse. That's great. And I love doing that. However, we still need to boil it back around, especially when we're applying the text into mm-hmm. our current reality. Because if, if we're going to take into account, how does this apply to me today? And we don't take into account the gospel, then we've failed, but we can still be faithful to the text as far as how we exegete it. Right. But yeah. that doesn't mean we're being faithful to our call of making disciples of proclaiming God's good news. Yeah. So if you look at, I mean, you mentioned Genesis. If you look at the, the story of Abraham and, uh, you know, God asking him to sacrifice his, his son on, on, on Mount Sinai, Boom. you know, yeah. and, and you, you preach that and the great faith that Abraham had, and you connect that to the, the Christian God and, and we should have faith like Abraham, but then you don't connect that around to, you know, that's what God did for us, sacrificed his son <laughs> yeah. for our sins. You know, you just completely, you missed the whole point. You missed the, the major impact of why that story was even told in Genesis. So, you know, that's, and, and, and again, it's easy to do. It's, it's easy to neglect that, but it's also easy to just do the work and connect it. You know, that, that connection there doesn't take much to come up with. Um, it's, it's laid out right for us, you know, and, and that's why we, you know, we have the, the Bible. I mean, you have a Bible, a concise volume of all the scriptures right in front of you in your language. And all you got to do is connect the dots. Yeah. And and line it up for your people so that they may see how the dots connect for sure. So we've talked about what do we mean? Why do we need to do this? Let's get down to the practical reality of, of Joe. How do we how do we preach the gospel every time, no matter the text? Mm-hmm. What is that? And we've alluded to this as well. Um, this isn't one of those podcasts where we have like six different <laughs> ways of doing some certain thing. Um, but this is just us tackling one topic. So we've kind of alluded to some of these things, but let's unpack how to do this. Um, just come up with maybe, maybe come up with an example of, of a way we could do this. I'll come up with one, you come up with one and, and let's just see how, how that would play out. We don't have to necessarily go to the actual, the actual text, but maybe, uh, maybe our, our listeners would, would benefit from that. If we just take something you just did but let's take something else as well. So I'm, I'm making you do double duty <laughs> or asking you to, you don't have to, but obviously. Right. right. Um, so, uh, okay. I'll look at, let's look at Psalm 23 or something right here. You know, it's a, a passage, a lot of Christians now. So you can present that and, uh, and a lot of people would be comforted by it. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, he likes me, makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me aside quiet waters. Um, he restores my soul and on, you know, it's a comforting passage that, that David, you know, he, he, he delivers here to us. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of, of poetry there. Um, so, I mean, you could come out and say, you know, God comforts us, God provides for us, God shepherds us, um, and, and trust, trust in God. Cause he's going to do that for you. And you could come up with your points and you could leave it at that. Or, you know, you could, take it a step further and say, you know, in the, in the ultimate reality, God did that by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Now, maybe not 
maybe when David was writing this, he wasn't thinking about the coming Messiah. He was just thinking about, thank you, God, for delivering from me, from my enemies. You know, thank you for helping me lead Israel. You know, thank you for, for doing this. But, you know, we've seen, we see David had an eternal uh, mindset many times in his writings. So, so as we connect that to the gospel, you know, we have a road there. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, Jesus is described as a shepherd in the New Testament, you know, whereas, and we're the sheep. Uh, so make that connection and then bring out the fact that we should be comforted because we know that if we have our faith in Jesus, if we have the faith in what he did for us on the cross, then we have grace and we're, and we have an eternal, eternal life with Jesus in heaven, you know, make that connection. You know, it's more than just being comforted in our day to day actions, which God does that as well. And, and we can leave that. And you could just leave it there, but you shouldn't because there's more to that than just that day to day impact. For sure. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to come up with just Exodus uh, as a whole, just the story of Exodus and how that relates to our present reality. Um, so Exodus, right? The people of God have been delivered by God. So Moses, the, the great, you know, prophet goes, is told by God to go and deliver his people, to let his people go from Egypt. And so he does, and, and God does some things that basically defeats the Egyptians, and they, they relent, and they basically are destroyed um, as they, you know, chase the Israelites. And the Israelites um, complain, and they, they are dealing with this idea that God has delivered them yet they are not in the promised land. And this points back to, if we think about the way this plays out in our present reality, that Jesus has come, he has delivered us, and yet we are still in this wretched place called earth. And many, many people would call this the second exodus. And so we are dealing with the, the troubles, you know, uh, of, of kind of like the wilderness experiences of life. As, as life happens and we deal with pain and agony and, and hurt and all of these negative things that we would associate also with the wilderness experience of the Israelites, we can associate with that and point that to the gospel and how Jesus has, yes, he has delivered us out of the hands of our captors, uh, sin and death, or uh, pointing that back to Exodus as the, you know, the Egyptians holding the Israelites as captives. We can point that to that and then uh, acknowledging that reality that we are in a second exodus, we can have hope that God will deliver us into the promised land. And, uh, and, and in the meantime, we need to be looking for uh, God's leading in everyday life. Even though we may have a moment where, man, we're, we're just sick of eating the manna, uh, we need to understand that God is faithful and he will deliver on his promise. I mean, that's you mentioned earlier about Paul uh, always emphasizing that Jesus is coming like right away. And, you know, in first in Thessalonians first, or mm-hmm. second, I remember, yeah. you know, be alert for he is coming. Like he's going to be coming. And that's, that should be an encouragement for us as Christians, um, even reading through Exodus, even though that it, it's, it's a type 
it's 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 a it's a uh, mirroring experience of what we experience now and so uh, to me i would point that right to our present day reality as people who have been delivered by god we have had the kingdom of god uh, entered into our lives but not yet fully realized in the coming of jesus and what does it look like then to live in the tension of being delivered but not yet fully uh, delivered into the promised land yeah. and uh, how we need to be faithful in the midst of it and not just wor- and not start worshiping golden calves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, as we, as you just saw, Brandon and I had two different uh, sections of scripture and we, we took a different road to Jesus, you know, the same road of scripture, but you know, a different emphasis of, of what Jesus has done for us through his grace and on the cross. So, you know, as, as Tim Keller points out in that chapter again, that we kind of used as a base for this um, to, to further the conversation, you know, he says it's important to not just, uh, you know, use the exact same wording, the exact same application of Christ every time, because then people, you know, are kind of going to get, understand one aspect of that. So, you know, make sure your, your application of the gospel fits the passage that you're that you're preaching out of you know if if it's deliverance if it's shepherding if it's you know loving your your enemies whatever um make sure that you take the a logical road and not just as as i had a preaching professor who i don't think you were in this class brandon but um he he called it you know he's he emphasized you know preaching the gospel all the time but he said don't don't shoehorn it in. that's the term he used yeah you know, don't just say you know preach on that's an interesting term i don't know what that means <laughs> uh it's in the older old days you would use a shoehorn to make yeah. <laughs> like it's okay. a metal thing right, cool. my grandma had one and you you put it in the back so you can put your shoe on i don't really know what the point of it oh, is, okay. but, uh, i don't know if shoes weren't i don't i don't really don't know force it in other yeah, words. yeah 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 uh-huh. okay <laughs> yeah don't don't shoehorn that's it. my message version of your uh <laughs> of your king james yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um so he yeah uh, he always said don't shoehorn the gospel in so don't don't preach on exodus and and leave it all and then at the you know, last two minutes say and this is all because jesus died on the cross for our sins without making any logical connections because people are just gonna be like <laughs> you know and, and, and if you do that every week people are just gonna kind of miss miss the connection there um so take a logical road for sure because you always can find the logical road to the saving power of jesus you always can yeah i'm so glad you mentioned that because we're not talking about just uh having your sermon and then like copy and paste in this like last that's that's like conclusion (laughs) like yeah oh and by the way if you're not a christian you should like follow Jesus and stuff and come forward and be baptized. So, yeah, (laughs) that's not at all what we're trying to advocate. And I hope people don't walk away with that. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Don't, Uh, don't substitute. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't substitute substitute preaching the gospel for, you know, in my, in my um, circles and Brandon's as well, we'd call it an invitation and it's probably pretty common and a lot of people are listening to this, but you know, so I have to, and I mean, I have to do that every week. So, you know, I, I, um, do you guys have an invitation hymn every yeah, every yeah, uh-huh, Yep. Invitation. Absolutely, hymn. man. Yep. You got it. Old school. Yeah. You got to, got to call people for, to be baptized. Got to call people to transfer their membership, you know, 
you know. Wow. Yeah, it's. But so you got uh, like a four-point sermon at the end of your sermon. Right. Yeah. That you yeah. got to make sure you fit in. I got yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but so it would be easy to do that. To do that right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. I could just you know just preach on uh you know raising up your kids from Proverbs you know train them in the Lord, um, and then leave it at that and then say okay well now I'm calling people to to be to be saved so I can just substitute in you know that, that could be a temptation but I try you know I try to not fall to that temptation obviously because that's something that could be a crutch but don't let it be one for sure yeah that's great I wanted to uh quote from Tim Keller's book uh on preaching we'll, we'll link to this in the show notes uh it's not going to be an affiliate link so uh we won't make any money off of you buying it um, you can send us money if you want to. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, we do this all for free. So um, this is on page 60 of that book. Highly recommend you get the book. Um, this is what he said. Any sermon that tells listeners only how they should live without putting that standard into the context of the gospel gives them the impression that they might be complete enough to pull themselves together if they really try hard. Mm-hmm. Boom. To me, that that just puts an exclamation point on what we've been talking about. Yeah. Because again, man, let's not be self-help preachers because that, that gospel is somewhere else. There's plenty of books. If you want to be a self-help author and speaker, then, you know, more power to you, but that is not what you are called to as a, as a Bible preaching gospel proclaiming pastor. That's not at all what we're called to do. Sure. We can help people live better, Mm -hmm. but it's in the context of how does Jesus transform us into people who live a certain way. Right. It all comes back to the gospel and God's love for us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, the book, you're, we're going to link to it. Um, I think I bought that for nine bucks and I, the book came out this year. So it's, it's a pretty good deal. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is on Amazon right now, but I would definitely pick it up uh if i were you um because it's a it's a steal really um for nine bucks i think is why i paid 947 or something like that with free free shipping so yeah and if you're the type that who who really needs to like check it out before you buy it i know uh lane over at preaching donkey had a couple of podcasts devoted to just kind of talking through some of the chapters of the book. So yeah. if you go to preachingdonkey.com, you can check out some of his his material on it. That way you can see, okay, is this something that I want to get or not? Um, so you can check that out too. We'll link to that also in the show notes. So I think that's, that'll do it for, for this week. Again, we want you to to realize that preaching the gospel every time is possible and it's important and we really need to do it. And so uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you would do us a favor, it would be awesome if you go on iTunes and just leave us a rating and a review because that will just help more and more people see this podcast because that will just tell iTunes that, hey, there are some people who actually uh, are listening to this and they they thought it was helpful and they thought it was uh, worthwhile. So if you do that, that would be truly awesome. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Um, not really sure how much that's worth to you. Um, we can also give you like virtual hugs and <laughs> virtual high fives as well. So that would be awesome. And uh, if you ever have like a topic that you want us to talk about, you can email us at info 
www.rookiepreacher at gmail.com. We'll link to that as well in the show notes. Again, uh, you can access any of, the, any of the stuff that we've talked about or alluded to, any of the resources like Tim Keller's preaching book um, at our show notes at rookiepreacher.com. And if you subscribe, we've got three awesome resources for you that we'd love to just give you. First one is 56 weeks of preaching topics. I know around this time, at least for us at The Crossing, we're beginning to plan 2016 sermon series. And so uh, it'll give you some, at least some ideas to start with or some ideas that you can flesh out for yourself. Uh, we break it down week by week of like what scriptures or themes to talk about uh, within each sermon series. Uh, we break it down in the sermon series. So if you are about that, then you should check that resource out. Also, we uh, give you some Evernote templates because uh, at least for me, I'm huge on Evernote. Uh, one is a sermon series planning template, which will come in handy again as you start to plan out 2016. And then uh, also a weekly productivity template that will help you just make sure you're getting the things done each week that you need to get done. And so, uh, Joe, any final words or final advice as we uh, close out episode 11? Just remember to keep Jesus central to your preaching. You know, it's, it's not biblical preaching if, if Jesus isn't central to it and Jesus is grace. So do that. Awesome. Hey, we'll talk to you guys soon. Have an awesome week.